Welcome to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. The Aggies are coming off their second off week of the 2019 season. The stretch run starts this weekend on Saturday. South Carolina coming into Kyle Field for a 6.30 kick. It's the final home game of the year before road trips to Georgia and number one LSU to close out the season. The Gamecocks limp into Kyle Field, having lost three of their last four games, including a 20-15 home defeat to Appalachian State on Saturday. South Carolina's 4-6 and six and almost certainly will not make a bowl game this season. They would have to beat A&M and then finish by beating number three Clemson to close out the 2019 season. Coming up on the program, we'll jump into the matchup with South Carolina and pick SEC games week 12. We're joined on the show by our press row panel of local writers, Ola Buchanan, Brent Zwerneman, Robert Sesta, and Travis Brown. Also, Cole Kubelik of the SEC Network and Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio. All that and more coming up next on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com.
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network as we welcome in our panel of local writers covering the Aggies. We call it Press Row. Olin Buchanan of Tex-Ags with Brent Zwerneman, Robert Seston, Travis Brown. So let's get into the South Carolina game. Now, what do we know about the Gamecocks? I mean, they're limping into Kyle, having lost three out of the last four, a 20-15 to home. This is a team that went to Athens and beat Georgia, lost against uh, App State. Not a bad App State team, but come on now. Lost at home, coming off this loss, 20-15 to against Appalachian State. Olin and I were there when someone asked Jamon about oh, I was them there. losing, and he didn't know they lost that game. And I thought his – expression was priceless that he just assumed you could tell he just assumed South Carolina was going to beat Appalachian State he didn't watch that game no he actually goes yeah yeah I mean I didn't watch it but I just kind of saw scores rolling in and then later somebody said what do you think about South Carolina coming off a loss to State?" he goes they lost <laughs> exactly exactly does anyone else well we'll look at the tape we'll be ready when you, someone says someone says someone when I think they said someone someone Yes. Yeah. yeah. When C said that, I said, "What did someone say?" Yeah. yeah. About oh, yeah. Why wow. was someone talking to Jamon Osmond? Yeah. I'm out of that now, but I, there <laughs> Back was a, then. Yeah. Yes. Someone said. Well, speaking of someone, as we kind of keep bouncing around, but boy, we, we are bouncing around. We, we got all these years without with with second year, third year coaches getting time. Well, someone, Chip mm. Kelly, like there's a lot of guys. Morehead. There are second-year coaches out there. I don't think Chad's going to be the, the last second-year coach rung up this year. Okay, we're all hopping around, and before I forget it, do I take this as a compliment or whatever? Kellen Mond thought I was Daryl Dickey today. Was anybody around with that? Was, no. That was, that was, <laughs> no that way. Was, wait, he, he, he even laughed and I laughed. Laugh. It was a great moment, I thought. Wait, so you explain more. Yeah, let's back up. Yeah. Well, Kellen it's, was at the end of his of his, of his – meeting with the press and I had been talking to Osmond because I needed a question answer and I walked over and kind of go out out to the end you know a little bit and he's pointing and Kellen's talking to the people on the right and he looks real quick to the left and he goes he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Coach Dickey when I was out of the corner. <laughs> now I can and see. And we both laughed. Wow. We both laughed. I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were Bill Snyder. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. He, he thought he was Coach Dickey's dad. He, he thought I knew so much about offense. There you go. I got a pretty good idea Being offensive? That, that Jamon Osmond's going to be running extra sprints after practice. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> You, well, you confuse me for that guy. Now that Cease has told the story, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I just, That's pretty I, funny, though. I just thought that. Yeah, that's I just good. hope it's on tape somewhere because I hey, want what that. Are, what does that tell you about Kellen's peripheral vision? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's definitely going to be the takeaway yeah. for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I promise you. That's a so, good, that was a good one. What do you think about this Gamecocks team and their mindset coming into Kyle here at four and six? I mean, you win that game and you're five. And five and one more win gets you to bowl eligibility, but this is four and six. With the only other game after this is Clemson, so it's two Kyle Field and then Clemson. Odds are extremely low they make a bowl. So do they have their backs on up against the wall mentality, or are they primed to maybe tuck it in? I think that that wall is made of cotton candy, and they've already fallen through it. Because how do you how do you get to a bowl game now? And that's what you would say you would have to play for at this point, right? right? Is that Clemson game where is it? It's, no, it's in it, South Carolina. It's South Carolina. Okay. So, it still matter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, at least that gives them a yeah. little more yeah. of a chance. But so yeah, they're 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 hurting more ways than one, emotionally and physically. So athletes uh, always feel yeah. like they can they can win or you wouldn't play. But somewhere in the back of your mind, you know, there's the there that huge amount of doubt has to be there and and, and they gotta be thinking, you know, we're going to go on the road to play these guys, and it really doesn't matter because if I'm honest with myself, I know it's very unlikely that even if we beat a and that we'd beat Clemson. I don't know, but that's I don't know if it matters what kind of frame of mind they're mm-hmm. in because they're a bad offensive team with a lot of injuries at the receiver position. Now, maybe everybody's going to suddenly get healthy this week and be healthy enough to play, but they've got like three guys with hamstring problems and another, and their best guy has an ankle problem. Even if they play, I mean, at what at what percentage are they going to be healthy? If if oh, good, I was going to say I will remember before Muschamp. I don't know how good AM was that year, but when they came in under the interim coach, they played a lot better than their record because they had no offensive linemen were getting hurt. And now once again, we're talking getting back where Sumlin's teams didn't play well at the end of the year. And that was the case. They were able to win that game, but South Carolina came in and definitely played over their head, and they weren't 
a Kyler good Murray team. started that game. And yeah. they weren't a good mm-hmm. team. It was that Halloween year. morning. And they weren't a good team that year. So how can Muschamp get these guys up? I don't think so. But I remember that game that South Carolina played better than they were. When you want to talk about the mentality, I mean, if you compare this maybe to A&M, you look at last year where A&M kind of carried themselves through that season and into that LSU game going off the fact that they played up to their ability against Clemson and almost won that game at the end of the year. If you go back and look at that Georgia game, that game was more about Georgia falling apart than it was necessarily South Carolina really stepping up and playing their best game of the year. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can tell yourself all you want that, but it wasn't a matter of South Carolina playing. This is a great team. It was just Georgia self-destructing. My cotton candy reference came from my son's youth soccer team in Bryan City League. The Whoa. Cotton Candy Submarines. Ooh. <laughs> they named the team, and I was sitting there thinking, okay, what would be a really soft material? Oh, Cotton Candy. I so, thought you yeah. made your kid's team hit the wall. I was going to say, wow, that's, that's, pretty, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> They've hit the wall all right. Get right. All those just, things tie together. That was just a matter of Jake Fromm was the bad Jake Fromm that dude and threw it to Israel Mukawamu three times in that game. Ryan Helensky was out for most of that football game, and South Carolina did next to nothing offensively. You look up at this past game against App State, did they run for 21 yards? I mean, they got Mon Denson and Tavian Feaster. I think both those guys are banged up. They had uh, uh, Rico Dowdle. He did some stuff in the past game. Did next to nothing running the football. A&M, though, has been giving up some gash plays on the ground. But South Carolina's not been doing it well here of late. Running the football. Put a lot of it on your freshman on the road. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I just here. don't see how South Carolina can pull this one out. What, what is the spread? Have y'all seen the latest? Ten, ten, ten. Yeah, it's ten. Going to be more than that. I, I just <laughs> I just have more faith in the way Jimbo coaches in games like this. It is more coaches say it is more about them, but Jimbo has his players believe in that. Whether it's sometimes out of fear or just the way they practice, mm-hmm. whereas the past regime always cratered in November because they didn't have that toughness about mm-hmm. them. And I think Jimbo just has a toughness about him. And I, I, I right now, off the top of my head, I'd say, gee, A&M's going to cover 10. I mean, I, I'd yeah. be shocked if they wouldn't. They're going to get healthy and get more guys back. They're playing for a lot. And in the back of their mind, they know they better win coming this game. Rested, coming off rested, that break. Yeah. Plus, Jimbo gave them the Will Muschamp hates College Station speech. So he fired up the boys with that as well. We all know that's true. <laughs> Nancy Barry he put that on the record. Him. When was it? That was 2012, wasn't yeah. it? Nancy when Will Muschamp yeah. said yeah. the summer before he came in here with uh, yeah, he John said, anymore. "Have y'all ever visited?" He was speaking to a booster club, uh-huh. but that's when, how coaches get in trouble, right? <laughs> they speak to booster clubs, and he said, "Have y'all ever visited College Station? You'll was it? You'll only go there once, or right. something." Yeah. Well, well, so far the Gators they've only been here once. <laughs> right. right. I'll just say that Will Muschamp better uh, maybe watches mind his p's and q's because if things keep trending for both teams the way they are that about a year from now he may be looking for a job here he might be in mount vernon yeah yeah i mean what would happen it's a good point what would happen if yeah, and who knows he may get he may get we'll see what happens here four and four and eight kind of year i don't think he'd get fired this year i don't either but yeah. i think he would be squarely on the hot seat and if a&m is as good next year as a lot of us think they will be Mike Elko might be yeah. primed to move, and if he did, you got you know just hypothetically then, you'd have a defensive coordinator opening and a guy that's failed at South Carolina and Florida. Then Kevin Sumlin's dream would finally have come true here at A and M. Right, and Will Muschamp is his defense. Well, player. but Kevin Sumlin As never Kevin Sumlin never co-owned a lake house with Will Muschamp. Jimbo did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah, I think you're onto something, Ob. So. This is all, you know, just speculation, obviously. But, but. We'll have more with our Press Row crew next on the Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Back with the Press Row gang locally covering Texas A&M of the Houston Chronicle, Brent Swerneman, Olin Buchanan of Tex-Ags, and with the Bryan College Station Eagle, editor Robert Cessna, and beat writer Travis Brown. So there is a lot to play for. He's I a mean, coordinator. South Carolina's got to get yeah. two wins to get to bowl eligibility, and A&M is playing to try to wrap up a, a trip to a Florida Bowl and then just play for whatever they can do from there. Then set up on a four-game win streak, Georgia, LSU. But you know what? They're also playing for 
They're playing for the Battle of Bottom. Bum, bum, bum. Uh-huh. It's the Bottom Trophy. The Bottom Travis. Trophy, yeah. So last year, I, I, I went into my deep investigative journalism hole to try to uncover where the heck the Bottom Trophy was. Uh, was it in Bottom? It was not in Bottom. It was in Mount Vernon. Uh, the, uh, no, we, Our brow stole it. The, 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 the quick <laughs> summation of it was called some of the media relations people at A&M. They said they hadn't seen Sorry, it that's too years. long. Yeah, they uh, they went to called uh, looked online, found the guy who created this trophy, which is more piece of art sculpture than it is an actual trophy. Uh, and he said, Great yeah, he, yeah, it's pretty cool. He said he didn't know where it was, uh, but there's this guy in South Carolina, South Carolina who might. Then he then he actually came back and said, well, you know what? Actually, I think I heard it might be at the Alamo. Oh, the sculptor said that. The sculptor said that. Suddenly, the sculptor had a cleaver. Pee Wee's big adventure. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. So I I called the Alamo, and they're like, "Yeah, the bike." Yeah, I (laughs) called the Alamo. I called the Alamo. He remembered Uh the Alamo. I did remember the Alamo. I called the Alamo and said, "Hey, y'all have this trophy on there." They said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't." It's in the basement. The Alamo forgot. Yeah, they couldn't figure. As they're like, "There's this crazy person who thinks there's some trophy in the Alamo," and so they. Went back and then looked around and came back and said, well, sure enough, yeah, we have this trophy in here. And then, and then of course, before I could get anything, they sent someone down from the uh, George P. Bush's office to retrieve it and take a picture with it before our story came out. So I got scooped and by that the, was That was George himself, George correct? P., yeah. yeah George P. So uh, anyway. They said grandson. some guy named Pee Wee Brown is on the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. Edit that out, Dalton. I don't want that becoming a thing. Uh, but anyway, so it, it's, it was never that when I, I called this guy Our from Reese. South Carolina who was in charge of all of it, he said, that it never was supposed to be like a on the field, you know, the players running off the field with it trophy because it's this piece of art that they wanted to that make. That could kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah could, 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 could impale somebody. But yeah, it's it, they keep it in the Alamo. It's supposed to, whatever team wins, it's supposed to go in the capital of that team's state capital for like a week and then come back to the Alamo and reside there for... Okay, so many questions. Who, what, when, why, where? Has it ever been in the, the state capital? I don't think so. I, I don't think it might have the first year, but I don't think after that it hasn't. It stayed at the Alamo in South Carolina. It's funny because we were on the conference call with Muschamp last year asking him about it. And he said, <laughs> I wouldn't know. It hasn't ever come this this way or something like mm-hmm. that. So I, I was I remember back when it started, it was between Nikki Haley, then governor of South Carolina and Rick Perry. And I was like, that's back when they had important things to do. Apparently, you know, both obviously yeah. moved on to pretty high ranking positions at one time in in the Trump uh, and Rick regime. Perry was the yeah. one who actually technically yeah. uh, pulled in the donations for it and and commissioned it from this artist. See, and I'm going to uh, say this for Travis, uh he had a lot of fun with that story, did all that research, you know, people had a good time with it, ended up winning what a statewide award? No, that was the APSC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's pretty cool. Award. Yeah. Yeah, nice. pretty right. cool. Thanks. I didn't realize you're big time. Suddenly I, I didn't realize it was either. <laughs> I didn't realize they had a trophy for a guy that uh, plays for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's his brother John. John, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so anyway, Especially for Danny Darwin, the bottom bull. Oh, oh you're yeah. not a baseball oh, yeah. guy. I know, oh, yeah, the bottom bull. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Danny, Danny Darwin's Darwin. a big deal where I'm from. Here, here's your other. True. Here's your other one last fun Lady fact. Grayson. Here's the other one, one last fun fact about it. They they raised the money, which was several thousand dollars, to have this piece of art commissioned. And, and do all that, but they forgot to raise the little extra money to have a custom carrying case made um, to be able to take it to the games and back because it is a fragile piece of art. So that's one of the reasons I don't think it hasn't traveled because they kind of you know neglected to. So classic. What's the story on the Bottom law. himself? He was what born in South Carolina. Yeah. He was and- born in South Carolina. Uh, he was he was one of he went to the University of South Carolina and. And started a bunch of uh, stuff there and served in Congress there. They actually have a statue of him in, and, and on the campus of, of South Carolina and then came to Texas and fought in the Alamo. Yeah. Couldn't I use Regular bottom historian. Yeah. Delivery deals. Yes. You know, get insurance, get the pizza insurance. Get <laughs> so it's the trophy that is not because you'll never see it at Kyle Field. And so far, you've never seen well, it in South Carolina. If you're not going to have it at the game. Yeah, you know, I agree. That's the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's silly. And I've heard yeah. a lot of dumb things. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty darn dumb, actually. So pretty darn dumb. We'll have to find out if South Carolina, and I hope it never happens, but if South Carolina ever wins, does this thing 
Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be I'll be hot on the beat. Trust me, I'm I am I am the bottom trophy. Actually, commissioned Travis to drive it there. I was I was I was considering making a book, but it's going to be more of a pamphlet at this point. So okay, so other than that, cease <laughs> moving right along. Game, yeah, Kyle Phil, Senior Day for all these uh, three seniors. Senior Day. When you look at one of the smallest senior classes, people can remember. I mean, uh, you look at so few seniors and. We talked to Brain Man today, and I think Jimbo did a good thing. Does a good thing by having all the senior festivities on the non-conference game, because as Brain Man said, he don't know what his emotions are going to be. Eventually, you're going to play a lot of times it's LSU, and in the future, A&M's hoping that's a top ten matchup possibly. So, you, yeah, you want the emotions of Kyle Field at your last game, but you want it to mean something. This one means something because they won three straight. If A&M can win four straight. Take that momentum to Georgia because they got to win this game. If they slip up against South Carolina, what chances are they going to have to to bounce back against Georgia and uh, and LSU? And everyone talks about the seniors since there's so few seniors. Uh, yeah, and Prater's a great guy. You know, when you look at in man what they've done, uh, you want to send these guys off right. But it's all about momentum. These juniors, and I know Olin has talked about this. You have to look at that junior class. Who might not be back? Well, Justin Matabuki might not be back. Number one, did I get his name wrong again? But everybody knows who he is. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. But it always could be those last games. And we're going to see man doing a lot of punting on Sundays. So it's very important. These guys, their last game at Kyle Field to go out a winner. Big thanks to the Press Row crew for coming in, talking Aggie football and getting you ready for A&M and the Gamecocks of South Carolina. We'll come back and go in the trenches with Cole Kublik former Auburn center of the SEC Network. Next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Let's observe the inflatable noodle man. His constant undulating entices people to look at me, look at me. He's tireless and brainless. A literal airhead. Curiously, however, the inflatable noodle man, when hearing that Geico not only saves people money, but also has an award-winning app that makes it easy to manage one's policy, he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Just ask an inflatable noodle man. Carefully, they are unpredictable creatures. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, purple mattress. You know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a purple mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress you too can come home to a purple mattress by texting offer to 84888 and now for a limited time receive a free purple product with your order when you text offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 message and data rates may apply please do not text and drive see purple.com for terms and conditions as a business owner your daily focus is on increasing sales decreasing expenses and maximizing profit and while you may have insurance for your business you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much with dexter and company insurance they'd like to help you out since 1876 dexter and company has been serving the business home and auto insurance needs of texans for a reason they provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price for a quote on your insurance call 764-8444 or click dextercompany.com and see what dexter and company can do for you
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network as we go out to the hotline right now. And time to go in the trenches with former Auburn center and Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. Cole, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm great, Gabe. Thanks for having me. 6.30 Saturday night, SEC Network, A&M and South Carolina. I assume you're headed this way one more time. I'm not near as concerned about that as I am being in the studio for Tex-Ax Radio Friday. So that's, that was what I was trying to get knocked down. Is that happening? We can nail that sucker down right oh, yeah, now. We're, yeah, no, we're going we're gonna, to yeah, be there. Yeah. Okay, okay, outstanding. You know, Tom upset quite a, bit, quite a few Aggies. Uh, he thinks that uh, Jimbo is off to a little bit of a slow start, so we're going to get him to, to talk about that a little bit more. No, hold on, wait. It's Tom Hart's invited Friday morning. You can just have him. I'll, I'll pass. I'll, <laughs> I'll come another time. <laughs> so you wanted it to be you and Jordan, then. We just leave Tom out. Well, Jordan has other things happening, so he's always busy. But, uh, he <laughs> okay, so you're welcome, I'm so. sure Tom's got basketball anyway. Yeah, that's true. Is Tom doing the basketball game Friday night? basketball, yeah. He is, yeah, he is. How about that? Well, he doesn't have time for us anymore. I'm probably leaking all kind of programming information that I'm not supposed to right now. <laughs> well, it is what it is. But the one programming note is Cole Kublik wants a twofer today, and then let's bring it back in with Cole Kublik on Friday morning right here. We know that's going to happen. We just don't know who or if anyone's coming with him. Now, how is A&M different, Cole, from the last time you saw them in person? Well, I, I think the offensive line is gaining some consistency, gaining some confidence. I, I think Spiller's gaining a lot of confidence. I think he's much more comfortable. And that's not just based on what he did against an interior opponent last week. He looked great. But you and I have mentioned multiple times, Just you, you watch a couple games early in the season, and he didn't seem like he had a lot of confidence in pressing the line of scrimmage and being an explosive back once he got the ball in his hands. Um, when things were very comfortable, he did. But when things were uncomfortable, he did not. I think that's changed a little bit. And obviously, Jaden Weidermeyer has, has been a guy that this offense has found that they can rely upon and could be a serious weapon for them. And, yeah, I, I don't think that that's somebody that we would have spent a lot of time talking about coming out of the spring because you had so many other tight ends that looked like they were going to be guys that could help this football team, including Cup and Beal. So, I think there are a few new weapons that have emerged. I think you've seen Kellen take a little bit more of a leadership role. I think he understands when he has to be certain guys in that offense, when he has to be sort of a run-first quarterback, when he has to be a guy that maybe sits in the pocket a little bit longer. I think his, his wherewithal, his understanding conceptually of what he has to be in certain situations in the game has changed. So offensively, I think that um, I think there, there has been a little bit of a shift, and those are the things that I've noticed the last few weeks. Now, defensively, it's interesting because A&M's, they're still not getting to the quarterback all that great, number 78 in the country in sacks. But I look at that by, 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 by the stats, statistically, A&M is a much improved 24th in pass defense. Now, do you think that's, that A&M's deep pass defense is much improved, much better off, like, like, I think, 98th in the country last year? Or is that a byproduct? Now, the fact they have played Tua and Lawrence, so it's counterbalanced some, but They've also played a whole bunch of very young, true freshman quarterbacks. Where do you kind of find that balance between is A&M's pass defense much improved or is it who they've played? I think it's, it's in the middle. Uh, obviously, there hasn't been a laundry list of teams that have elite success through the air, but um, might I take you back to a season ago when we were having conversations about this pass defense? Yep. Are we going to – are we going to really say that we don't think it's a lot better? Uh, I think obviously it is. So uh, the, the pass rush is concerning to me because that you knew how high I was on this D-line coming into the season, and I, and I thought they would be be able to be consistently disruptive, and I thought they'd be able to pressure the quarterback and be, be able to make the quarterback move and make quarterbacks uncomfortable, and we haven't always seen that, or at least haven't seen it as much as we thought we would. It's an, and, again, I, I'm not going to get completely consumed with sacks, uh, yeah. Look at Georgia a year ago. That was a good defense, and they didn't rack up a ton of sacks. They get Alabama in the championship game, knocked two out of that game, and he had no time to throw the football. So I do think by design sometimes it's just about making the quarterback move, and it's about making the quarterback uncomfortable. And if you can do that, you can be just as successful with what you're getting up front, but you always like to see those numbers in the sack department because it's going gonna, it's gonna to negatively affect your opponent from a yardage perspective and put them in poor situations. So – that has been sort of a question mark for me with this entire team for the entire season. We'll dive more into South Carolina and A&M on Friday, but just real quick, coming off that loss to App State, 
you could you could pretty much peg what kind of South Carolina Gamecocks team would come into Kyle Field one game away from a bowl with Clemson as their only game following. What do you think the team morale is going to be after the loss to App State, knowing that it's almost going to be impossible to make a bowl game now at this point? I have no idea. And you, you look at some of the leadership spots on that team, you, you, you got a freshman quarterback, but you got a guy like Tavian Feaster who has been on championship teams at Clemson, and you got a guy like Rico Dowdle who's been around the program for a long time, both at running back. you got Brian Edwards at wide receiver who has been phenomenal for that football team this year. So I, I think defensively at, at, at linebacker, you've got a couple of guys who've been around for a while. DJ Wanham's a guy that understands the systems, played a lot of football there. King on the outside's played a lot of football. Kinlaw's been just a game record consistently all season. But you just wonder, what what is the leadership? Where is the leadership for that football team right now? It's hard for me to anticipate that you're going to get a team that looks a ton different than we've seen the last few weeks. The defense is still playing great. I mean, App State had 212 yards. So how you lose a football game and give up 212 yards is, is beyond me, but you know, offensively, South Carolina is still struggling in the red zone a little bit, still struggling to come away with points a lot of the time. So I would think that that coaching staff has to find a way to get them motivated and has to find a way to let them understand that there are some things to play for. And there's just so many guys that have been around there for a long enough time that I would anticipate they'll be ready to play in that game. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network with us on the 12th Man Technology Hotline. Let's go to LSU over Bama the other day, 46-41. to 41. Have you ever – when's the last time, Cole, that you remember or you can even compare and say, well, this was at least close. Have you ever seen as drastic of a one-year turnaround by one player, especially at that position, at the quarterback position, than Joe Burrow from last year to this year? Here's the thing about it. I personally don't think he's that drastically different. He just has more opportunities this year to prove what he is. And sure. if you go back and really look at some of the throws that he made last year, you'd see the accuracy, you'd see the toughness when he was asked essentially to be their short yardage back at times last year. So I, I think it's been there. Uh, the leadership has been there. The toughness has been there. Uh, the savviness in the pocket has been there. He just has you know, 40 more times a game, 25 more times a game to prove it this year than he did a season ago. So I don't, I don't know how much it is him improving because I, I see a lot of people, especially on social media, saying he couldn't have gotten that much better from year one to year two. Well, it's not necessarily getting better as it is having more opportunities and having better opportunities. Yeah. Uh, a better fit. percentage of opportunities. Absolutely. And, and, and two, for the people who say, well, this is just the system that's helping him. He's just doing this. I actually think that that's a big advantage for him when you're talking about the draft, because what he has proven to me is that you can hand him a playbook in January and look what he can do with something totally different oh, in yeah. August. And I mean, that, to me, that's a gigantic compliment for Joe Burrow. The people who are trying to slight him because of that, I think you've got it completely twisted. I think that is a huge yeah. plus for Joe Burrow if you're talking about a guy who's in the NFL and you say, hey, we want to alter this, we want to change this, and he's able to do it at that high of a rate, that's a big plus. Their protections are totally different. The personnel is totally different. The route tree is totally different. I mean, when I say totally different, I mean completely revamped totally different. So it is, it's not all that just he's improved that much. It's just that he has so many – so much more and so many different opportunities this year as opposed to last year. Yeah. Thanks to Cole Kublik. When we come back, we'll go from Alabama to California. And Aaron Torres joining us next from Fox Sports Radio on the Texas Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Back, Gabe Bach with you on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network as we go stay out to the hotline and go to the sunny state of California and hang out with our man Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres Podcast. Darren, how you doing, brother? Gabe Bach, I'm doing well, man. How are you? 
Doing really well, brother. Really well. Now let's talk about these college football playoff rankings because I, I was off sure. yesterday morning. We had there was a, a funeral, okay. and I, when I was driving, I was listening to a lot of sports radio wherever I could find, you know, satellite mm-hmm. and terrestrial. And everybody's reacting to the rankings, and everybody's got issues with the rankings, and everyone says, "Well, the committee's being consistently inconsistent." Everything else, but you know what? Does it matter, Aaron? I mean, what's your takeaways on the thing? I mean, you can get mad if Georgia's four and you think Bama should be four. You think the Pac-12 is getting hosed. Do you think Minnesota should be higher? But keep winning. Like, it really doesn't matter other than to stir conversation right now. I mean, it's it gives you a little idea of what the committee's thinking, but Georgia's either going to make it by winning out because they've got incredible opportunities down the stretch, or they're going to lose another game and they'll be out. Gabe, I, I actually agree 100% with you, and I know that in our business we're supposed to have these big, bold, strong opinions, um, but I really don't because, one, as you said, this is a TV show, and, two, you know, I'll give my, my Saturday radio partner, Arnie Spanier, credit. One of his famous lines is, whenever something pops up and I, and I say something to the effect of, well, you know, this could happen, and he'll cut me off every time and say, Aaron, we're doing the show tonight. And why do I bring that up? It's because the committee can only react to the information that they have right now. Mm -hmm. And so you can't move Oregon up based on what the schedule, what their resume could look like if they finish 12 and one and Utah is 11 and one going to the PAC 12 championship game. And we can't finish what the resume is going to look like based on if Bama wins out and they're not going to have any good wins. And it's like, you know, we have to react to the information that we have right now. And so I have no problem with LSU jumping Ohio State at number one. Of course not. Because of the fact, yeah, because Ohio, LSU just picked up the best one anybody has. And I don't really have a problem with Georgia being four, Bama being five, because of the simple fact that, as you said, Gabe, listen, Georgia's actually in the most unique position out of everybody because if they went out, they're in. And if they lose one of these games, they're, they're out. And I still believe that at the end of the day, if Oregon wins out, they're going to have a very, very, very compelling case to eventually jump Bama, and part of it's going to be how they look. So I'm with you just in the bigger picture of I would love to be fired up, but I also give the committee credit for using the information they have right now today, November 12th or 13th or whatever it is, and not trying to project out to what things could look like three or four weeks from now. Arnie Spanier makes a good point, but it is fun to kind of project and think about it a little bit. And (laughs) the fact of the matter is, I'd be pretty shocked if Georgia doesn't lose another game just because of what they have. And you know who's looming, and that's LSU in the championship for the SEC. So they've got to go to Auburn. They've got A&M. They've got at Georgia Tech, which is a W, obviously. But then staying in Atlanta – and you have LSU coming. So the odds of them sweeping out, look, hey, give them credit. They're okay. definitely in if they went out. But if they lose one more game, they're not. Yep. So let's play a scenario where <clears throat> where Alabama wins out and is sitting there just like they were a couple years ago, don't, don't win their division, but still right in the mix for a playoff spot. And Oregon also wins out. And you're Alabama, and you're like, yeah, but the team Al- Oregon lost to, the only team they lost to, we beat in this scenario, and that would be Auburn. But Oregon has a couple of nice-looking Ws, maybe because they're name opponents, but they're down like Washington. So who do you think gets in if we played out that scenario where Alabama and Oregon both went out? Yeah, listen, and this is the tough part about it, Gabe, is it's tough to project without knowing what the results look like. I mean, if Alabama, um, again, uh, you know, falls behind 27 to 10 like they did against LSU and they in theory come back to win. I guess it would be a great win. Um, but if Oregon, it, listen, I, what I'll say, let me backtrack. What I will say is fair or not, we are reactive to how teams look and things of that nature, especially late in the year. You can go back to last season. The reason that Ohio State, even though they were the 12 and 1 Big Ten champ, was never really in the mix, not ahead of, of Oklahoma and certainly not ahead of Georgia either, is because they needed double overtime to beat Maryland late in the year. They struggled against, I can't even remember all the teams they struggled against, but then you go back to 2014, Ohio State was incredible in that Big Ten championship game, and it was clear that they were peaking at the right time. And so listen, if Oregon wins a 9-6 to slugfest against Utah, 
in the, the Pac-12 championship game, and Justin Herbert throws three picks, and Bama's last kind of uh, data point is a, a 41-6 to win over Auburn on the Plains, then yeah, Bama probably gets in. If it's the opposite, if Bama struggles and Tua throws three picks and he's limping around and he's hurt again, uh, and Oregon goes to that Pac-12 championship game and beats an 11-1 Utah team 31-3 to and Herbert throws for four touchdowns, then I think they would get in. Again, I'm totally copping out on the answer here, but I just think it's just going to depend on how they look, who has the momentum, things of that nature. But I'll tell you this, Obviously, with Auburn being the common uh, denominator between the two teams, it will set up for a, an absolutely fascinating conversation that last Saturday night, if that's where we end up. Aaron Torres with us here, 12th Man Technology Hotline. Now, let's talk for a minute before I let you go, Aaron. A big weekend in Aggieland, because tomorrow night, yep. you've got Buzz Williams hosting Mark Few and Gonzaga. A- Admon Gilder coming back now as a member yeah. of the Zags as an Aggie graduate. Uh and then you got football hosting South Carolina, where A and M's probably going to a Florida Bowl because they're just limited number of SEC teams eligible for bowls this year. Just kind of weird. And there might sure. be four teams going into the New Year Six, just like last year from the league. So I think A and M wins the game to go into Florida Bowl. So there's a ton to play for on Saturday. But I'm very interested to see if Buzz can just muddy it up and hang around against the Zags on Friday night at Reed Arena. Oh, I'm 100% interested, too. And, um, you know, obviously I haven't been able to watch the A&M games early because they haven't been on TV where I am. But it seems like I know it was a little bit of a battle with uh, the other night with Louisiana Monroe. But, like, you know, a win's a win. There's a lot of teams struggling right now. Um, And I'm just curious to see how they look. Is the intensity there? You know, you can tip me off on what the crowd is expected to be like on Friday night. But, yeah, man, I'm fascinated. And I'll tell you this, too. Um, maybe Gonzaga just blows the doors off the building, but I think that that is a game where A&M can at the very least be competitive. For people who maybe don't follow college hoops 365 days a year, Gonzaga lost a lot off that that team last year that made the Elite Eight. Thank you, Aaron. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll pick the games and look at the matchups of Week 12 in the SEC, what to watch for and keys in the A&M South Carolina game, and a final score prediction next. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report coming up next on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Welcome back. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's run down the games of Week 12 in the SEC. Number three, Alabama. Eight and one overall. Five and one in the SEC at Mississippi State. They're at four and five and two and four in SEC play. 11 o'clock at Davis Wade Stadium. It's on main channel ESPN. Alabama's favored by three touchdowns. I like Alabama to cover here whether or not Tua Tungavailoa plays in this game. At the time of recording, that remains a mystery but whether or not he does, I think Alabama rolls with all those weapons offensively. What they can do to to limit Kylan Hill. If you can limit Kylan Hill, you can shut down uh, big portions of this Mississippi State offense. And even though it's a road game and it's early and the Cowbells will be rocking early, it'll be a slow clinga, clinga, clinga by the end of it. I think Alabama wins big in this game and covers the spread. Number 10, Florida, 8-2 and two overall, 5-2 and two in the SEC at Missouri. Five and four and two and three in the league. Another early game, 11 o'clock at Faroe Field on CBS. And Florida, a road favorite by seven and a half. And Missouri, the Tigers have been a way, very Jekyll and Hyde, and a way different team at home. They've been away from home. This one is in Columbia. It doesn't matter. The better team wins. They win by more than a touchdown. So I think Florida covers the seven and a half. Georgia, number six in the country. Can't wait for this game. Eight and one overall, five and one in the SEC at number 11. Auburn at seven and two, four and two in league play. This is at 230 Jordan Hare Stadium, CBS in Auburn. Georgia on the road, favored by two and a half. I've got Auburn in the points here, and I know it's going to be a heck of a battle between Auburn's defensive front and the Tigers. War Eagles got the best defensive line in college football against who. As a in terms of reputation, has the best O line, but they got worked by South Carolina's defense front. Auburn is better than South Carolina in basically every way, including uh, their defensive line. And I, I don't only think Auburn in the points here. I think War Eagle wins outright. So I've got the Tigers to win this game against the Bulldogs, and just a, a one. And you know the oldest rivalry in the South It's a heck of a matchup. It's always fun. The game's going to be great. It's top eleven showdown in Auburn and I like the Tigers to win the game outright Kentucky well they need this one four and five overall two and five in the SEC at Vandy two and seven one and five in league play 230 at Vanderbilt Stadium on the SEC network Kentucky a road favorite by eight and a half you know they can't throw it they've got their best playmakers now playing quarterback Kentucky's very one-dimensional but it's like knife through warm butter at Vanderbilt I think Kentucky wins the game. I think they cover that spread. They've got more athletes. You know, the reputation going into this year was that Vandy was going to have some playmakers. They they got it done last year with Lipscomb and that crew and Pinckney and the guys, but they've not been able to keep it rolling this year. I got Kentucky to win big. Number two, LSU, 9-0. and Actually, number one in the country in the playoff poll. LSU, 9-0, and 5-0 and in the SEC uh, at Ole Miss, 4-6 and overall, 2-4 and in the SEC play. 6 o'clock at Vaught Hemingway Stadium on ESPN. LSU, just like Bama, 21-point favorite. On the road, won't matter. Joe Burrow keeps the Heisman train rolling. He will win the award, and they'll win the game big. LSU covers the spread. And that brings us to A&M and South Carolina. The Gamecocks at 4-6 and six overall. Desperately need this game and Clemson to make a bowl game. At four and six, three and four in the SEC. At A&M, six and three overall. Winners of three straight games. 
three and two in league play, 6.30 Kyle Field on the SEC Network, and many of these stations carrying this show. A&M's favorite at home by 10.5 points. And here's kind of some things to watch for here, okay? Number one, what kind of South Carolina team is going to show up? After the loss to App State, knowing the season is almost over, will they mail it in if you press on them and build a little bit of early momentum? Or can Will Muschamp get this team ready to play with a slim possibility of making a bowl game by beating A&M and Clemson to close out the regular season? Will they have a backs-against-the-wall mentality, or will they fold, especially if you get on them a little bit early in this game and they feel like they don't have much to play for? Also, I'm looking at a big advantage for A&M. Coming off a of bye week, 21 days between SEC games and not having to leave College Station in basically a month. You give Jimbo extra time, and his teams usually take full advantage of it. Let's see what he can drum up against South Carolina. And this one, I'll remind you that Jimbo is 4-1 and in November at A&M as, as their head coach and 31-6 and in 10 years as a head coach. Can that trend continue? Can you streak into Athens after beating South Carolina. A couple keys here. Kellen Mond's got to be great as both a runner, a passer, and of course, the third thing, as a decision maker. He's got to make good decisions. Number two, you got to hold up in the trenches against South Carolina's defensive line. That's the biggest edge for the Gamecocks in this game. Javon Kinlaw, DJ Wanham, Aaron Sterling, and a massive test for AM's offensive lineman. Number three, keep feeding the freshmen. Isaiah Spiller, Jalen Weidemeyer, mix in more Anaya Smith and feed those freshmen offensively. Number four, slow down the South Carolina three-headed monster at running back now. There's some injury concerns here. Feaster's been out. Mon Denson's been out. So does it become a one-man show in Rico Dowdle? Or do they have more of their weapons back? Now, these guys aren't world beaters anyway, but they've got a lot of experience, and they can be dangerous and do some things to hurt you. The most dangerous weapon they've got offensively, though, is Brian Edwards. Limit him through the air. He's a top-10 receiver in college football. He's a Bolitnikoff award uh, not winner but he's on the watch list he'll probably be a semifinalist and one of the top 10 receivers in the country and he's a favorite target of freshman ryan helinski so bracket him get elijah blades healthy and go and rolling on him in the boundary and we'll see if you can limit if you can limit what brian edwards does to the passing game that's going to help you a lot slow down that offense and then like we said earlier can you press on him early and get a lead start fast build some momentum early in this game south carolina would feel like at that point they got nothing to play for. Take control of the game, and the Gamecocks likely likely will not have much left in the tank. So at 10.5, I've got AM to win this game 27 to 14 and cover that spread. The Aggies win it 27 to 14. All right, we'll take uh, that's the final segment of the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Big thanks to Brent Zwerneman, Olin Buchanan, Travis Brown, and Robert Cessna. Also, Cole Kubelik of the SEC Network and Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio. Next week, we'll break down the AM South Carolina game and look ahead to a trip to Athens, Georgia. Coming up next week on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network.